What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Um, so my original episode for this week fell through. We rescheduled for next week. So I'm going to quickly spin this up as I had a listener uh, ask me a question regarding chief season stuff. Um, I- I've talked about it a little bit at generally uh, at one point during, I don't even know, one of the initi- initiation chronicles or a teaching of the creed or something like that. But um, it's a pretty like it's a pretty relevant topic for the time of year obviously um and for the for regular listeners like this is a chief season related thing specifically so i'm I'm really talking to selects and chiefs with this one um so if that's not you know (laughs) if that's not what you're interested in uh probably not the probably not the episode for you but just save you a little bit of time um i'm gonna label it initiation chronicles to help prevent anybody (laughs) wasting time if they if they're just not interested in this uh but Basically, uh, I got a message asking about the there's like a hard reset that happens when uh, first class petty officers are selected to chief. Very rarely do you, do you encounter um, someone who avoids this. I mean, there's definitely people that are higher functioning than some of the others that hard reset, but even like the the best yeah, you know, like the the first class that's already functioning as a chief, just like a super hot running number one EPLPO type that I can trust to run the shop when I'm not around. Um, when they're selected a chief, there's just this brain freeze that happens where all of a sudden all common sense and ability to reason just disappears, <laughs> and the hard reset happens, and it's like I don't. Um, like for a long time, I, I struggled with why it happened because it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to the selectees because I, I remember it happening to us where we were running around like chickens with our head cut off, no direction, no idea what to do, couldn't agree on anything, arguing about everything. And then uh, on the other side of it, once I at least understood it on the surface, um, I watched it happen to all these other selectees and just wondered why. Um and as I've gone through over a decade of these chief seasons, um, the reason that I believe it happens and, and there's definitely other takes on this or, and I, I might miss some perspectives on it um, or just or I may I may just disagree with some of them. But um, there's a lot of reasons why it can happen. But I think the primary reason this happens is you spend a career um whether whether you're the guy walking around calling us, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, colors, or you you actually look up uh, to the chief's mess and aspire to be a chief, um, you there's some form of fear and respect built into you from boot camp, and that and you you experience these interactions, positive or negative. However, you're framing them now, whether or not that's reality is kind of irrelevant. Uh, to, to the point I'm making, but whatever interactions you've had with the chief mess, chief's mess, there's there's always been a certain amount of respect, grudgingly or not, um, and, and a little bit of fear, just of like, you know, like if you go if you do something wrong, you're gonna get a hey shit made in a knife hand. <laughs> I mean, not always, but that's the meme. So like, <laughs> when you all of the sudden and and there's a lot of unknown like the chief's mess is very much the unknown like you get presented with this um the end user 
version of a chief for a, a junior sailor, right? Like you get presented with this um, packaged for your consumption, you know, like single serving chief thing that happens when you interact with a lot of chiefs, but you have no idea to a, a, a pretty large extent what goes on during the chief season, what goes on uh, behind the closed door of the mess, all that kind of stuff that um, is intentionally secret that I, you know, I've, I have a history. If you've listened uh, this long on the podcast of kind of criticizing that part of it, I don't think most of it should be secret. Um, but you, like going into the unknown is always going to be scary, right? Everybody fears the unknown. Uh, it's been a large part of the reason why I've had like bad uh, mental health issues for the last uh, 18 months. And it's been centered on anxiety and insomnia. And, and a lot of it was fear of the unknown as I transition, as I there's all this other stuff that I won't get into. But it's fear of the unknown to start. And then when you get in there, uh, you everybody you go. You, I always I loop back around to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I'll probably never stop unless I learn some cooler stuff when I'm in school for psychology soon. But um, it's the sense of belonging is real. It's a very it's a it's a a basic foundational tenet of being a person like you don't no one gets around it. Everybody has a sense of belonging that they want met. Right. So. When you're in the Navy, presumably you want to get promoted and like presumably, even though you may have uh, like a, a bone to pick with the chief's mess, you also would like to become a part of it. If for no other reason, then I can be uh, the good chief to to my sailors and I can influence what I can in my sphere of influence, even though I'm not a fan of the mess and the way they do business. Right. Um, so presumably you're there because you want to be in some way. Um, and that sense of belonging drive combined with the anxiety and stress of the unknown. And, um, you want to, you want to like meet the norms of the group so that you can have whatever your sense of belonging is defined as you find yourself in this place where you're, you're set up to, uh, to be hard reset, but that's not exactly why it happens. Cause there's, there's inputs on both sides, right? The, the reason that I, the, the thing that pulls the pin on the grenade for me is us, right? The way that the chiefs mess approaches the initiation season is like this initial shock and awe type thing, which they're, they're trying to figure out a better way of doing it. I think, uh, which I, it's, it's nice to see. And I've, I've had some positive feedback from some people, about how each year it seems to get a little better um and like i think the the last i think it was last year uh, i was in the room when all the selects were notified by our cmc and uh the way that it happened was a lot more um it was a lot more just like normal and professional and just like hey congratulations we're really happy for you go call your wife take the rest of the day off and then i think they got the weekend which i mean that's pretty generous <laughs> like if you if you pulled most commands i mean they probably don't quite get that long but um but yeah like they got a couple of days to just bask in the glow like holy crap i got selected right and enjoy the time with their family and not be running around doing all the things that happen right but 
more what I mean by it is is when you get past whatever that moment is, whether it's just like the first day or you get a couple of days to celebrate and, and feel proud of yourself and enjoy the time with your family, then you get into the kind of the shock and awe portion of the season where and, and again, like it's getting it's getting calmer and toned down to an extent, but you still see a lot of um, like intentional stress to create a bit of a fog of war type atmosphere, right? Like they they drop these orders on you where it's this big, thick packet of like all these things that you're responsible for doing. Um, a lot of it is either intentionally vague or intentionally confusing um, on how you how you build your charge book, how the measurements for your vessels and like fathoms or something like and you have to convert it all. And there's just all this stuff where it's like it leaves some gray area on purpose to see if you're going to ask for help, if you interpret the instructions correctly, if you uh, understand that this is superfluous and doesn't need to be done, and then you then have conversations with the correct people and, and get them to give you permission to not do that thing or whatever. Um, there's a lot to it that is is built around a, a really shaky foundation, in my opinion, only, right? I mean, I, you may or may not agree with me, and that's fine. But what doesn't really happen until later is we never take the time and i'm going to read directly what i sent to the listener um because she was just asking like why does this brain crash happen um because they're high performing sailors that have done things like this before and i basically just said like i I didn't have all the information just the general statement that this was happening and so i said i need to have been there to be sure but i would say yes to the second question which is um the the second question was is there something we aren't doing before that selected day with our people to better prepare them and so i said yes to the second question we never uh do enough to build a foundation prior to the season they have no idea what to expect then we generally communicate a vague outline that's intentionally confusing and send them on their way. We don't communicate a framework, training objectives, and the methods that we will use as a mess to accomplish them. Um, and then that's, you know, that listeners' questions and the conversation drove the the idea to do this just because we we never really do. Like, we don't... And, and there may be commands out there doing it. That's my, just my asterisk that's always attached to statements like this is I'm sure there's commands out there killing this and doing it correctly. And, and if if there's a mess out there that has appropriately uh, set their their potential chiefs up for success to the point that this they don't experience this brain freeze at the beginning of the season. I would love to hear about it. Um, but we don't do near enough uh, leading up to the season with our prospective chief petty officers to like kind of start indoctrinating them early. So they kind of know like, um, what to expect like what are our what are our values like talk to them about the mission vision and guiding principles talk to them about like what who we are and, and what we do and what we care about really um and, and the problem i think with that the reason why we don't do that is because i think we the collective mess has an identity crisis i don't think we actually know who we are and what we're about right and that's something that i pointed to often is like most people when they're talking about when they, they want to define like a, a mission statement or an identity for the chief's mess, they point at the chief petty officer's creed. Like, I don't understand why it's not a great um, ethos. Like it doesn't define who we are and what we do. It's this vague statement that sounds like it's somebody wrote a pretty good printing script one time 
And then they're like, hey, we need a creed. And they're like, well, this guy wrote this really good thing. And they just kind of copied his homework. Um, not that I don't have parts of like the parts of it that I like, but there's parts of it that I, I dislike and think shouldn't be in there. And really, my biggest problem is that it's just not like a cogent definition. Like it's not specific enough. It doesn't outline the things that we we need to know what our identity is and like, hey, we're going this way. These are the things that are important to us. These are our values and guiding principles and stuff. I think when they introduced the mission, vision and guiding principles, they did a much better job. But a lot of people are way less familiar with that. Like I've I've sat down to mentor chiefs on a chief eval, which is different from an E1 to E6 eval, and they d- have no idea what's on that eval, and they have no idea that the ever the trait average blocks on a chief eval are, literally are the mission, vision, and guiding principles listed, right? So it's something that I think because we don't do a great job of creating uh, a sense of identity, which would then foster a really robust sense of belonging t- for us as chiefs with the mess, which I-, I can tell you, like, there's a lot of pride, but I don't know how much sense of belonging there really is. Like, we talk about a sense of belonging in a way that I, I remember during a season one time, this chief, it- and it was like he was he was acting. Um, I'd never met him before in my life. I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy, but like he was just one of the guys that was there. We were doing this big regional like final night thing. And he was like kind of talking loudly at the select to try to get him gassed up for some of the stuff that happens on the final night, uh, stuff to like for acceptance and everything. And, uh, he was talking to him and I was next to him and he points at me. He's like, look at this guy right here. I don't even know this guy. And I would trust him with my kids to try to drive home the point of like, we're brothers and sisters and we're family and chiefs. And, and I'm just looking at him like, you're insane. Like I like, I wouldn't trust you with my kids and they're metaphorical. I don't even have kids. Like, and it's not like I couldn't get to that point. And, and I don't know, like, yes, we have things in common and I identify with a lot of the same things that he may, but it's like, we don't, we don't have the identity that we think we do. I think we've kind of almost like fooled ourselves, like purposely, like misguided ourselves into just thinking like we're, we're going to like fake it till we make it kind of like we're just faking it that we are this organization that we, I don't know, like maybe we used to we used to be way better at this and it's just got, we've kind of lost our way over time. Um, I I'd like to think that as I, as I look back on some of the historical documentation and, and articles that I've, I've read by uh, chiefs from back in like the twenties and stuff, but then you read a, a tradition of change and you're like, Eesh, you know, like, I don't know. That was very focused on chief season stuff. So I, you know, I don't know what the culture was like and I'm one of my projects coming up is going to, I'm going to go find some chiefs from like the nineties and the, in even earlier, hopefully all the way back to the sixties um, and see what I can learn about how it was different. But yeah, I, I think that we have a bit of an identity crisis. So when we get to this point, we're trying to teach people how to be something that we don't fully understand to begin with. Um, and because we can't build that foundation for them, we can't create a, a, a lot of clarity in the who we are and what we do piece. And I can tell you, like the, these things vary wildly from mess to mess when you're when you're going from like chief season to chief season. 
uh, like if you go do a season with a ship and they go do a season with the CBs and they go do a season with the seals, it's like, you're going to see a very different experience, um, built on different value systems that a lot of them are rooted more in the communities. I, I think than the, uh, the actual mess, even though there's always some, there's always a theme, you know, like we're all there. It's built on uh, like what remains of that identity that, you know, we kind of understand, but I don't think we're able to create a really clear vision of like, this is who we are. This is what we do. Like, this is the identity. This is the the organization that you're joining. And then we say, these are the training objectives. These are the things that we need to accomplish in the next six weeks. And then this is how we as a collective mess, selectees and chiefs are going to accomplish those things. That doesn't happen. What we do is deliver them a very vague guide, like guideline structure with, with the the orders that you give them or instructions or whatever you whatever they're calling them this week, and then uh, the like you do like a training or a meeting or whatever where you, you there's more tasking given and then all the chiefs are telling you to do things and then why don't you have a plan of the day and blah 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 and then it like turns into this thing where you're just getting like shotgunned tasking every five seconds from every different direction you don't know who to listen to you don't know who to take seriously or what to take seriously um it's it's a, they create a sense of just they create discord intentionally they create chaos in a way where you're overwhelmed um you don't have the like guidance and information and detail that you want or need to accomplish a thing you don't know who to talk to about a thing or like what or what to do and whatever and they're like sometimes in in bad messes that are messes that are doing it incorrectly in my opinion or in my analysis is a better way to put it because it's not in my opinion it's like i this is a pretty hard and fast take is like your sponsor is supposed to be like your center of gravity through the season, right? If you go to your sponsor and have a conversation, they should point you in the right direction, right? If not outright guide you through it, which is more my approach. And I'll get accused of spoon feeding all day. And I don't care because I think you're doing it wrong. If you're a sponsor or, I mean, I really think the whole chief season should be run completely differently in that. I don't think that it should be a scavenger hunt for leadership principles. Like, I don't think that they should have to constantly figure it out. Is there times where um, you can guide them through? Like, we do final eight events where it's like you put them under the t- that type of stress and put them under strain and you're trying to push them towards figuring it out through a team building exercise to, like, figure out that they need to ask for help or figure out that they need to... Um, rely on each other or whatever um it's or a trust thing or there's all kinds of different events um those things i think are great those things i i don't you know like i don't want to them to have the answers to the test there but it's like when we're trying to formally educate someone and develop them as a leader i i just don't think it should be this we leave them effectively in this fog of war state where they're trying to like grope their way through the dark towards they don't even know what exactly they will like what we want but we haven't done a good job of of just like telling them what that is and then in the last two weeks we're like all right you know now we got to just like force you through the eye of this needle because we need to pin you in two weeks or whatever which is how it feels a lot of the time um i just think we create this like we we shoot ourselves in the foot 
by not being able to build the foundation immediately. And, and honestly, it should it should be exactly as this this listener in chief described it to me is like it should be done before the chief season, not during. They should come in with an expectation of like, I'm going to be taught through, <clears throat> excuse me, robust leadership development and education how to be a chief and and like they should be able to provide a pretty solid definition of what a chief is like what does that mean so that all we're doing is saying okay now you're in chief's initiation here are the training objectives here are the the methodologies we will employ to accomplish those training objectives here's your material that it contains your orders and some other stuff go like here's your sponsors here's what they yeah you know i mean like you're 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 creating the construct that we're going to operate within you're telling them the rules you're telling them the resources that they have you're telling them <clears throat> once a week we're going to do this training we're going to do pt we're going to do all this stuff at the end there will be a capstone event you know what i mean like there should be a master course document detailing all of the training objectives the number of hours you have to work within the va- the general parameters uh, to be defined like specifically by the CMC and whoever's running the, the season and approved by the CO. But we don't we don't have that. Um, we have some vague guidance from the MCPON and then tradition and a, a, what I would call a, a misunderstanding of our own identity. And, and it leads to the selectees coming in where they're, they're already set up like they're already balled up in this knot of anxiety and fear of the unknown. And then here we are f- like finishing them off and pushing them over the edge with this, like let's pull the pin on this anxiety grenade and see what happens. And then we're surprised when they're, when they're uh, they all hard reset and that they can't, you know, they can't lead, lead their own little mess of selects out of a wet paper bag with two hands and a flashlight. So it's, it we do this to ourselves um that's what i that's what i think is happening that's how i've in in my analysis of watching it happen this many times and talking to selects because in the cheese seasons that i've run i've done a lot of what people will describe as spoon feeding like i tell them this is what we're doing this is how we're doing it this is what i mean by that this is what i need you to understand um the first one that i ran the the sponsors were very disengaged in to in their defense we we're on a special project submarine and they were extremely busy and stressed out by other mission requirement type things but um i basically turned into the sponsor for all those guys and I spent a lot of time guiding them through the process, teaching them, talking to them one on one. Like, cause I, I mean, I had a one bedroom apartment and, you know, Netflix to go home to. So, like, I spent insane amounts of time with these, I think it was about a half dozen guys. I'd have to look back at the picture. But, and at the end of it, I, like, I don't recall much brain freeze with them. It was a long time ago. I could be wrong. And there was definitely a trust barrier where they, we're looking at me like, oh, great. The cook chief's the one guiding us through this. Like, this ought to be good, you know? Because there's a bunch of nukes and conventional mechanics and electronics technicians and stuff. A bunch of, like, technical and mechanical ratings. And uh, I think there was a yeoman. Um, but anyway, it took it took a... I had to kind of establish my, my credibility with them first and earn their trust. And then by the end of it, um, 
I mean, they trust me and trusted me implicitly and were really thankful for the season that I provided them because I put so much time and effort into making sure they were ready. And, and I got told I was spoon feeding. I've got told I was spoon feeding during every chief season I've ever been a part of. And you know what? Fine. I don't I like I don't care because in in my analysis, like in my um, like the conclusion I've come to over a decade of doing this is that we're doing it wrong that we're they're not provided enough information to be effectively trained we're operating at a huge deficit going in where we net we didn't prepare them with robust leadership development and education over the i don't know average eight to 12 or eight to 14 or whatever however many years it takes somebody to make chief like we didn't take the time to invest ahead of time to provide them with all the tools and understanding they need going in so that it really is just a finishing school as it's intended to be. And then we don't even know. And this is, in my opinion, over the time I've been doing this, which is 11 years now, I only got nine days left <laughs> on active duty. Um, but I, I don't think we have a great foundation built so that we have a very like clear and and like a clear understanding and like a very fierce commitment to the identity that that we define within whatever that ethos is it's like when you look at the chief petty officers creed it doesn't define much it sounds good and there's some there's some good lines in there but there's some bad ones too and it's not it's it's vague and it's not, it just does not define any like organizational objectives or, or just core principles or anything. Um, mission, vision, guiding principles does a way better job. If you're not familiar with it, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, but yeah, I just think that we have a bit of a, an identity crisis that I don't think most chiefs even recognize, um, at least not immediately. I think more than are willing to publicly admit it would agree with me in private, but I don't even think that they would like know straight away. I think I'd have to have this conversation or they'd have to listen to this podcast or whatever. But, um, but then that combined with these people, rightly so coming in fear of the unknown anxiety. That's, that's what I think you're encountering. Um, the the antidote is spoon feeding <laughs> i should name this spoon feeding but i'm not going to um it's you need to explain it's the same thing you need to do when you're teaching anybody anything technical like when you're teaching somebody to do a complicated maintenance item for the first time you're not gonna like give them uh an mrc card with like five of the lines just redacted and you're like all right figure it out show me that technical expertise you know what i mean like ask a friend like figure it out use your resources and it's like no like we're never gonna do that it like endangers people and endangers the equipment and sabotages them sabotages the mission and if the mission is leadership development and education why would we be doing why would we be doing the same thing why would we purposefully hold back information Unless you can, unless you can, and I again, like when you get to like the final night team building events, I think you can make a great case for holding back some information to allow them to arrive at a conclusion themselves. And I'm sure there are other models for that where I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that sounds pretty good. But 
the vast majority of it, like when you're going into any kind of classroom, formal training, whatever event we're talking about during the chief season where they're supposed to be engaged in active leadership development and education, and then you're like intentionally holding things back because they need to just figure it out, that it doesn't make any sense. Like, what's the point? Please explain to me how we're accomplishing any training objective. Oh, by the way, we don't even have any formalized. Like, how are, how are we uh, accomplishing anything besides these hard resets that we all seem to collectively be frustrated by, including the selectees? So it's like how I, how anybody could believe that this brain fog that they experience is productive in any way, shape or form. I mean, yeah, it baffles me. I don't I don't know how anybody could convince me that it's productive ever. Put the the difference is because the hard reset that happens where they're just useless for the first few two to four weeks, depending on the caliber of the selects and mess as they work through the initiation season. It's. You could say that like, oh, well, we're putting them on like we want them to go through adversity and come out like do something hard, come out the other end with the reward of having succeeded. Yeah, got it. But the the first two to four week just hard reset where they're not accomplishing anything useful and we're just kind of like throwing our hands up or laughing at them or, or telling them how much they suck. I don't uh, good luck convincing me that that's useful ever. And there's a giant difference between those two things. There's a giant difference behind you having training objectives. And part of the accomplishment of that training objective is to hold back some information and put them under adversity or in a high stress environment and, and make them work together as a team to figure out whatever that missing information was so that that lesson is like burned into their brain. I get it. But that's not the same thing as what happens at the very beginning of the season where we just hold back information and let them scramble around and look ridiculous and show up completely unprepared for training. And then we kick them out and then what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think that's productive in any way, shape or form. And I challenge anyone to uh, convince me otherwise, um, because I just the only way that you you could was to try to frame the first thing as the second thing, to try to frame that as well, we're just intentionally putting them under stress to see how they handle it. It's like, stop, stop. You're just, no, that's not what's happening. It's, it's collectively as an organization, we have, we have neglected creating very clearly defined and like universal across the entire Navy training objectives, like hard and fast. Thou shalt train on the following so and then like these are some of the methodologies you should employ and then you tailor the the 30 percent gray area to your warfare community warfare platform etc i i don't understand why this is still our reality it doesn't make any sense to me um but that's my answer <laughs> to why that happens and what the solution is is whether whether whatever you can control right like if you're just a chief that's part of the mess, be that be the chief that they can come to and get a straight answer. If you're their sponsor, be a really great sponsor that they can come to for for guidance and mentoring and um, detailed explanations of what you're supposed to be gaining from this. Like this is what they're trying to teach you. This is why it's important and talk through experiences and see stories and all the things that you think are important to drive that point home. Um, if you're an SEL, like fix it. Like you have all you have all the control, right? You're I mean, in the Mick Pond's guidance, at least I mean, I don't know if the new Mick Pond has come out with anything new, but 
Um, like I doubt it. He's been in the office. He's been in the seat for five minutes, but, um, it's, it says the command SELs are accountable, you know? So it's like, you have all the, all the power. Like, I mean, obviously the CO is the, the buck stops there, but it's like, you're the one that's going to be held accountable if something goes horribly wrong. So it's like, you know, like if, if, if it's not happening the way that you think it should, and you're in an SEL position or you're wearing a cookie, fix it, just fix it. It's not, you can do it. Nobody's going to like the, the ghost of chief's mess pass isn't going to come out of the floorboards and, and like suck your soul out of your body or snatch your anchors. Like you can just change it. You can decide these are the training objectives based on the mission, vision, and guiding principles. This is how we're going to accomplish them. Any questions? And then start providing the resources and framework for doing so, the schedule and all that kind of jazz. But but yeah, um, I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, I have some fun stuff coming. I just schedule delay. Um, I'm really excited for the next few podcasts. I got a few more that I'm like trying to set up, but... It's really hard to get a hold of people. It's really hard to nail people down lately. Um, and then I'm working on a schedule to get to a point where I'm doing two a week and it's kind of a regular rotation of what I'll be doing and all that other stuff. So lots of fun stuff coming. Um, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord at DS podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, there's a donate button on the website uh, you could scri- subscribe to us on YouTube. That's a free way of, of supporting us financially because as long as you can stand the ads. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you can go to Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get some naval pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, any of those ways or just share the content would be very much appreciated. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship. Don't give up the ship.